Orlando, welcome to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Another Magic Podcast? Oh, man. Wait, wait, wait. I know what you're thinking, but I promise you, I promise you, this is going to be a little different. Check this out. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. In the studio today, you got myself, Anthony, got Al, Elise, Justin, Mark, and part of the rotation for this week, Ariel. What's going on, Say what's guys? up to the people, Ariel. What's up, Ariel? Thank you, thank you, man. I've been trying to make it for some time, and I'm glad I'm here with you guys. So I'm excited. I'm a Magic fan for life. I've uh, been a Magic fan for quite some time, first game. Uh, was Magic versus Minnesota back in the day. Daryl Armstrong, my favorite player, still one of my favorite players to this day. What and, year? Uh, what year? Ooh, it's a long Google, time ago. Google, Google, Google. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time ago, man. A long time ago, but uh, definitely enjoyed being a fan, uh, except for right now. Huh? Oh, man. Tough. Tough. For the OKC game and the Mavs reference. We're going to miss out on the Memphis. Fortunately, I'm leaving out of town, so... Everyone was courteous enough to allow this podcast to happen a little earlier. So thank all of you. I appreciate you. Of course, my man. Of course. Yeah. So let's jump right into the numbers. So after these last two games, our record, we're currently two and six. Um, Seed in the East, we're sitting at 14th. Southeast Division, dead last. Offensive doesn't really look too good. Points per game is 95.1, which uh, puts us at 30th. Three-point percentage, 26.6%, which also puts us in 30th. And does anyone want to take a wild guess where we stand on offensive rating? First? 30th. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, defense points allowed, 99.8. Um, bright spot puts us in second in the league. Blocks, 6.4. Fifth in defensive rating, 101, putting us at six. So this week, um, we had games against OKC and Dallas. OKC, it was a tough loss, 94-102. But honestly, we're here to talk about the Mavs. The Mavs was... Um, a really important game for us that I feel it's the first time that we hit the 100-point threshold. Yes. So yeah. Across the board. About time. Um, how do you guys feel about the last game or the the games in general? For this uh, week? So the games in general. So for both games, I think we're still witnessing the fact that our three-point shooting is horrendous. Our ball movement is, is very bad as well. Um, you know, as, as you saw with you going through the numbers, <clears throat> our defense – is our, our bright spot. And that's that's been, you know, reflected during these first two games. I was looking at the, the stats uh, for the game against OKC, and we shot 14% on three-pointers uh, that game. Uh, we shot, what, 87% from free throws. That kind of kept us in the game a little mm-hmm. bit longer than we probably should have been. That's right. Uh, but there was a play during that OKC game down the stretch that uh, Danilo Gallinari was playing defense with a shoe in his hand. And he beat, <laughs> he almost beat Markel, right, to a loose ball on the on the what is it called out of bounds with a shoe in his hand like that's that's something that can't happen if we're if we're gonna win games our effort has to be better right we can all agree on that i think so maybe he had a little advantage because he had the sock on and he was able to slide (laughs) he was able to slide in the defense a little bit right um but we did we we had what 14 turnovers that game as well so i mean those not with those numbers we're not gonna win games yeah, I definitely agree, man. The biggest thing that stood out to me was the three-point shooting in the OKC game. Uh, I think it was, what, three for 22, something like that. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just tough to watch uh, throughout the whole game. And I'm glad we, we came in close for the Mavs game. I definitely feel like we'll, we'll, we'll see a lot more of those games as we have a, a full squad on. So 
Uh, but yeah, definitely a tough, tough loss uh, against the Mavs. The big thing for me is how much we miss Mo Bamba and Terrence Ross. Towards the end of the game against the Mavs, it's kind of like we, we lost Aaron Gordon and fouling out. We lost Evan Fournier and fouling out. And then at the end, when it came down to the wire, we were kind of kind of uh, a wreck. It was kind of like everyone was panicking. Nobody knew mm-hmm. uh, exactly who the ball should go to to shoot. It was kind of forced, in my opinion. And I, I feel like in those moments, we really relied on the Evan Fournier's and the Terrence Ross to kind of pull us through. So um, eh, to me, it might have been a different outcome if we were able to have a full, healthy team. Yeah. I think so. And I mean, for me, the biggest thing that I took away from this is we're still fighting a lot on defense. We're, we're playing really, really hard. The unfortunate thing is shots are not going down. The looks are not horrible. They're just not going down. If you make one three-pointer more, a couple more layups here and there, it's a different outcome both games, I feel. Because OKC, we lost that game in the final three minutes of the game. We played hard enough and well enough to win that game. Similar with Dallas. We lost that game at the very end. We had three possessions in a row where we could have won that game. Unfortunately, we came up short. So for me, the same theme applies. We're playing hard. We are competing. We're playing good defense. We're just not making shots. And you would think that would change at some point. I'm just hoping that it would happen tomorrow and stick around for a while. It's no secret that, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure it all out. We're not perfect yet, um, which brings us to our, our first segment of the podcast. So, Ari, I'm going to shoot off with you first. Sticking to Clifford, predictable rotations. Shoot or pass? Pass, man. I, I really feel that uh, you should go with the rhythm of the game. And if somebody's hot, you stick with them. If they're not, you take them out. And, and uh, fighting through somebody not playing well and sticking to a rotation, I, I have a problem with that. Yeah, for me, I'm going to pass as well. Um, it's really frustrating to see Markel, for example, come out of the game with what? five six minutes in the third quarter five minutes on the dot and then come back into the fourth with five minutes left in the game if you're going to set a tempo um bringing in a guy as impactful to the tempo of the game as markel during the last five minutes of the game is not going to contribute to you or is not going to amount to you winning you know because it kind of feels like at that point you're just kind of throwing them in and you know, whatever happens, happens. You're not you're not necessarily actively saying, okay, Markel, we're going to trust you. We're going to put the ball in your hands for the majority of the fourth quarter and see what happens. Does it almost make you feel as if it at that point it kind of uh, makes no difference who starts the game if you're right. eliminating, exactly. if you're kind exactly. of splitting the minutes of them equally? But in a strange way, I feel like that's the point. That's what he's doing. I think I so. I feel too. like Cliff is – he's, he's – giving Markel that confidence boost like you're in the starting lineup but he's not trusting him the way he would trust a starter if that makes sense yeah it makes sense and for me I agree with you guys so far I it's a hard pass for me um, I just think that I don't see the point again if you got a guy like Terrence Ross which we've witnessed already this season kind of catch fire a little bit hit a couple of shots and then you take him out what does it do to your team you got to get those guys get into a, a rhythm out there if they're feeling it leave them out there let them play, and you know, instead of 30 minutes a night, 32 minutes. I don't see the downside to that. Um, in the Markel situation particularly, I have not been a fan of that at all since day one. You're starting him. Let him play with the starters long enough to get a rhythm going, to start playing well. If he's doing well, leave him there. If he's struggling, I get it. Take him out, bring the DJ in. That's why DJ's in the, in the team right now is to be that protection, that, that guy that's uh, the savior, that, that safety net. 
so again, I just don't see the point of us doing this rotation where it's exactly at a certain point, this guy goes out. A certain time, this guy goes in. Is this still part of the process of maybe easing him into to the spot? I it might saying. be. It might be a starting position just with training wheels. Right. I think um, Elise had brought up a good point. It, it almost feels like Cliff is doing like a point guard by committee situation where both point guards have weaknesses. Um, and he's kind of trying to offset each of their weaknesses with each other mm-hmm. by kind of, I don't know, maybe like combining their minutes to where it's like one point guard in a starting role split between two guys. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it, it does make sense because it's kind of like you're not discouraging DJ by removing the starting position from him because he's still playing the same amount of minutes. Right. But at the same time, you're you're increasing the confidence of Markel Foltz by making him Having the starting the point guard. Guys, but let me, right? let me ask you guys this, though. Is that really what's happening? I feel like Foltz makes a couple layups, gets a steal, gets a nice rebound, whatever it is, pushes the tempo, finds Gordon for an alley-oop. Next time out, he's out of the game. When he's just getting going, he's finally feeling himself getting it going, and now all of a sudden he's sitting down. Same thing like I said before. I said before with the whole Ross situation. I saw it. Ross been struggling the entire season so far. He finally made a couple of shots at the last home game they played, and again, timeout was called. I'm like, yes, bring him back. Let's give him the ball. Take him out of the game. So who's that really benefiting? The the fact that we're doing that. I I get what you guys are saying. I just don't see the benefit to the players themselves and uh, getting things going. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. All of you said that you were all um, passing. Don't do it. Don't do it. I, I think I just just for the hell of it, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot it. I'm gonna shoot, it and this Ooh. is why. What is wrong with Steve Clifford going into the game being prepared, setting having a game plan, and following it to the T? Other than the fact that he should allow certain players to play more, depending on how well that they're playing. The problem with that is, if you go into it with your mind already made up that this is what's yep. going to happen regardless of what's happening on the court, then when, like, a game is unpredictable, yeah. right? You could think you could think certain things are going to happen during the game, and it might not play out that way. There could be injuries. There yeah. could be, you know, issues that impact how the game plays. So by already establishing a lineup and a rotation that you're not going to change from, you're, you're not going to be reactionary. And if you're not reactionary, then when things that you didn't predict don't happen, you already lost. But why is it not okay? There's only been eight games. There's, there's, you're we're, still, we're, you're still, this, you're still trying in, to figure out what players work best with who. Markel, Markel Foltz, if he's playing with the way that he plays with Vooch is a completely different game than the way that he plays with Bamba. Right. So if he's still trying to gather as much data to be able to really make the right decisions midway through the season... Why not do that now from the very beginning? I'm not saying that I agree with myself. I'm just being the devil's advocate. You shot that ball, so you agree with him. Right. But in an eight-game sample, although it is a small sample size, in an eight-game sample, you could see it's not working. Yeah, and my thing is our record is 2-6 and six right now for a reason. Right. And again, we need something different. We need a different spark out there. And our biggest thing is offense. So I don't know about you guys, but when I play basketball, if I make a couple of shots, I'm feeling good. I want the ball again. I'm going to keep right. shooting. If you take me out of the game when I'm feeling good, I don't know about you guys, but that makes me feel like, what did I do wrong? Did I miss an assignment? Did I slack off? Kills the And Fultz, a young guy, so Fultz, in particular, I'm, I'm sticking to him, needs that boost, needs that confidence. Like, hey, I did well. Reward me. Play me more minutes. And I get it. It might be talked about already before the game even starts. I'm going to play 20 minutes. He might know it. But still, if he's doing the right things, if he's doing the right plays, if he's shooting the ball well, our team against Dallas was down nine points. You brought him in, down three. And all of a sudden, he sat down again. And I'm like, what's the point of that? 
because he stuck with the rotation, but he didn't take him out and punish him. He's not saying, hey, you missed this shot. That was a bad play. Let me take you out of the game and put DJ Augustine in. But you're not letting him create rhythm. Uh-huh. Ultimately, yeah. that's what's happening. And it just when doesn't you, affect him. It affects the whole team. Right. Yeah. When you when you take Markel out, for example, and we could do this example with multiple players on the team, but when you take Markel out and you sit him down for 20 minutes and then you bring him back in the last five minutes and expect him to have a offensive impact on the game, like, he's cold now, right? Yeah. If you play basketball, you know... If you're on the court and you're hot and you sit down for 20 minutes, it's totally different. You're literally yeah, starting you a whole off. new game. You're not yeah, in the sure. same rhythm. So I, I I don't know. I don't I don't think that the way Cliff is is playing the rotations is benefiting the development of Mark Health. And perfect example. So think about last night against Dallas. I know we're kind of going over our time here, but think about JJ Barrera. He came in, he made some shots, he changed the entire momentum of the game. So my point is, imagine now because mm-hmm. JJ was over his minutes by a minute. You see him down. That entire momentum that Dallas built to end the half would have been killed. Right. So that's what we need to do. We we just have no momentum ever, it feels like, because we keep swapping players out when they're getting comfortable out there. So, again, this is a, a ongoing topic that we can talk about for hours. I'm hoping that this is just it's the start of the season. He's really just trying to gather as much information as possible so he's able to make the best decisions later on. Now, something I did notice in last night's game, it was towards the third quarter where Jonathan Isaac had picked up a fifth foul. Interesting that uh, Coach Clifford, he he pulled out the challenge. Now, of the challenge, what ended up happening was, I believe it was, a, I'm not sure if it was the first one in the league, but definitely the first one that was successful by, by uh-huh. Coach Cliff. Uh-huh. But he was able to get it overturned where it allowed Jonathan Isaac to not pick up that fifth foul, uh-huh. put him back to four, and allowed him, allowed him to guard you know the, the monster of... The unicorn of the Porzingis. unicorn, right? <laughs> Which uh, was the first time that Jonathan Isaac was guarding Porzingis because of the amount of injury that he had, and he did a really good job. He shut him down the whole entire game, did mm-hmm. really well. Yeah. Now, challenge call being used in the third quarter in, instead of the fourth. You passing or shooting? Um, and, there, gonna... and the reason the reason why I'm bringing that up is because yeah. towards the end of the um, the closing closing minutes of the game or closing seconds. Aaron Gordon took the ball um, to the rim, and he was given a foul. This is in the possession foul. where it was an offensive foul. Mm-hmm. It was a back-to-back. But the first one, you know, we, we looked at the replay. We talked about it. It was super questionable. Yep. He didn't extend the arm. That would have been a perfect opportunity for Coach Cliff to be able to challenge it, but he had already used his challenge. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to shoot. And um, the reason I'm going to shoot is because, again, you have to play. This goes back to the rotation. You have to play with the facts. You have to play with what's going on on the court at the moment. There's no way that anybody could have said, could have even thought about, oh, in the fourth, AG is going to have two back-to-back foul calls that are going to impact the game. You know what I mean? Um, and at that time, you go based on what the results are. The results and the facts are that when J.I. was on the court, he was doing a very, very good job at kind of holding down Porzingis and uh, limiting him, limiting his scoring opportunities. So I think um, I think Cliff challenging at that point was um, was necessary. If he if he didn't challenge, and Ji would have picked up his f- f- what fifth foul at that fifth time. Foul, yeah, fifth foul. That could have impacted the game, and we could have gotten blown out. Yeah, could you imagine he, if he fouled out before the fourth quarter? Because he was really the only one that was shutting pushing us down. Right. So you Correct. take him out of the game, and now that allows him to. Because very similar to Luka Doncic, he had a very bad first half. Mm-hmm. Right. Second half, he came out blazing, mm-hmm. right? If we put ourselves in a situation where you have Luca going off, now Porzingis is going off because you have your 
best defender on the bench. That could have really changed the outcome of the ending. Right, that's right. And same thing, I'm going to shoot as well. Similar reason. So to me, is you got to play the game how it is. Nobody could have predicted that the fourth quarter you would need to, to challenge a play. So you go for it. And again, after that play happened, we actually went on a run. And we actually came back into the game because Isaac was out there. Right. Um, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, that's actually the next play when he stole the ball from Persingas. Behind uh, no look pass to to uh, faults for the N one, so that led to that. So I think that he did the right thing. He called it when he saw it. He needed Isaac out there, so I think he did the right thing. So I'm gonna shoot. I think uh, it's a tough call. It's it's tough to predict fourth quarter like you guys said, and you just gotta kind of go with the rhythm of it. So. So I mean, I think in for me in that specific instance, uh, Cliff made the right call. Right, it allowed um, Jonathan Isaac to be on the floor. For a longer period of time and have playing his level of defense without have, having to worry about fouling out um but in other cases i'm gonna pass i'm gonna be the devil's advocate i'm gonna pass and just do the opposite you of you guys devil's now now the reason being is that uh at the end of the game we could have used it right whether or not it would have been successful or not there was still one last ammunition that we had and our last card that we were able to play and if we were able to play in that specific moment, we would have been up two. We would have took the lead. It, it would have changed the dynamics. Now we would have been forcing the um, the Mavs to play a different game that they were playing. So it's, it's, I think that it should be used for just in case insurance in the event that we need it. Like in the fourth quarter, there's so many decisions that you're able to make depending on the level of the game that even even if you have to pass it, in that moment, even mm-hmm. if you know for a fact you, you saw the Jumbotron, you saw the replay, you know for a fact you're 100% right, I just think that the best play would be to hold it as long as possible in the event that it is a close game and you don't get a call your way. It happens so often in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So do you think that, um, just based on how you feel the challenge should have been used, do you think the challenge th- like throughout the entire NBA, and this is not a pass or shoot question just to get your opinion, should it be reserved for the fourth quarter? Should the challenge not be allowed to be used during the first three quarters of a game? I think that'd be interesting, but I like the dynamics of being able to use it the whole entire game and you just deciding when. Now, if we're if you're asking my opinion on it, what I don't like, and Jeff Turner brought this up during the broadcast, is if the referee makes a call and you bring out the challenge flag, then that same referee shouldn't have the ability to make the decision of yes or no. Mm, that's a good point. That's Why good should that referee, because in my thought process, it's kind of like it's it's his job, right? And he has to admit on national television that he was wrong. He mm-hmm. overturned it. Why would he do that? He would be more on the on the defense of his decision. Right. I think how the process should be is if there's a challenge, the referees on hand don't make the decision. It gets sent to the replay center, and the replay center, whoever's right. ahead of that, is the one that makes the ultimate yeah. decision. So spinning it forward a little bit, um, you know, during the the end of the game, it was 106, 107. There was a controversial uh, play. So the Magic come out of a timeout. Markel Fultz inbounds the ball. Uh, and Vucevic, I think there were, what, five seconds left on the clock? Four or five seconds left. He decides mm-hmm. to pull up for that three-pointer. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Are you going to pass or shoot? Uh, that Vuce should have taken that shot. I mean, I'll shoot on that one as well. I think that uh, sh- given the circumstances, Vuce is the guy you go with there. I mean, I would have loved to see him shoot a little closer, maybe do that that fadeaway shot he's great at. Um, that would have been amazing, but uh, I- I'm okay with it. 
So for me, I, I, I'm going to pass. Uh, I think that, yeah, it was a good look, wide open. You just don't need a three-pointer. You have 6.8 seconds, I think it was, to create something. You have out there faults. Carter Williams, Isaac, who we watching the replay when we got here this afternoon, we called that he was actually kind of open, wide open, to, to go on a path to the basket. Um, so there were options that were better, I think. The only thing is that I noticed Augustine and Vucci were just locked in on that was the play they were running. Um, if Augustine would have a path to the basket that was open, he would have taken it. But there were better options out there. I would have loved to see MCW or even Faults come off that pick and roll, attack the basket. You're either going to get fouled, you're going to get a layup, a dunk, or you miss the game on a layup attempt, which to me is a better percentage when you're down one than shooting a three with a guy that has been struggling shooting the three so far this season. I'm passing. And so we, we were watching the replay today. And granted, um, Justin, you said this earlier, that it's easy for us to be able to pick it out, you know, us slowing it down, watching it, and really being able to critique it. But it's fundamental basketball. You're down by one point. Why is your center shooting a three-point? from the three-point line, wide open. Uh-huh. Even if he's open, the the expectation during their timeout should have been, I don't care what happens, nobody shoots a three. Terrence Ross is in the game. Evan Fournier is not in the game. Why is your center shooting the three? And what I, what I saw from it is, okay, let's say that DJ Augustine, because when DJ Augustine had the ball, there was a pick that was set. Um, Nikola Vucevic was supposed to set him a pick. He didn't set him a pick. He crossed over, was about to take it, in, but you pass it back out, and mm-hmm. that's the, the defender picked up DJ Augustine, left Vucevic open. Markel Fultz was taking the ball out. What I would like to see is Markel Fultz went over and gave Jonathan Isaac a pick. Jonathan Isaac pulled a curl, and he, for a split second, he was open enough to where he could have caught an entry, and he could have took it in the lane. He mm-hmm. could have shot the mid range. He was such he was having such an amazing game. Yep. Why not take your chance? And I feel may, maybe DJ didn't see it right away. Maybe DJ wasn't looking at it at that split second. But I felt like that was a lost opportunity. I would have preferred Jonathan Isaac take the shot in the middle, draw a foul, anything, than settling for a three point shot, which ultimately lost us the game. Uh, to me, I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass because Vooch is a pretty good three point shooter, mm-hmm. right? He's Not I don't know year. I don't know the specific statistics on his career, but last season he was toward the top right of center shooting the three ball. So, but I'm gonna pass because I feel like the play that Steve ran um, was kind of based in circumstance, right? Terrence Ross isn't playing, Mo Bamba isn't playing, Fournier fouled out, Aaron Gordon fouled out. Those are three of those four guys are major scoring options, right? When Markel inbounded the ball, kind of like Ant explained, he inbounded to DJ. I think Vooch could have set a screen or, or a pick. I'm sorry, a pick for, for DJ, right? There could have been a situation where MCW inbounded, right? And had Markel and DJ kind of um, running flare screens at the top or any anything that would have encouraged movement mm-hmm. to create an opening. I feel like they kind of just settled. When you're a center, you do not take a three-point shot to win a game with five seconds left on the clock. That's just not how it works. So. I'm still going to backtrack here and just clarify. I mean, I, I still think Vooch is the guy to take that shot despite uh, the circumstances and, and, and given who's on the floor. Um, he's our guy. I, it wasn't the play that was meant to be drawn up. I, I, I agree with that. But uh, given the circumstance, I think Vooch is still 
the one we use. Just to fact check here a little bit, so just so you guys know, so Vucevic is a 32.6% career shooter. Which not is bad. Beautiful for us. Not seven. bad, right? Beautiful. 36% last year. Awesome. However, this season through now what? Seven games. Eight games. Eight games. 20.7%. So my thing is, if you're going to try to win the game, I get it. He's your best player at the moment. No, no Fournier, no Ross. However, play again, like we said earlier, with Coach Clifford. Play the moment. He's struggling out there. So why try to win on a three-pointer when, heck, I would have preferred, honestly, MCW of a, of a curl, of a pick and roll, and go like crazy to the basket. Because, again, he had a great night last night. Try that at least. But, hey, we got to settle for I that. Think, yeah, I think ultimately we can all agree that there could have been a play that kind of focused something in the paint. And you just take your chances yeah. and you hope for a foul. I mean, you shot how many free throws? 28 free throws that game? You have to believe that you would get that foul call. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and really, listen. In the NBA, game's on the line. You give the ball to your all-star. Your all-star is supposed to produce. Right. If you really think about it, that's what the Magic did. Can, we, th- get to him? can, we, can we give it to him in the post? Like with that, with that I, I would love that. <laughs> I, would, I would have preferred... Vooch be anywhere near the basket in yes. the event that we do take a shot. He's yes. there for a rebound. He's a big boy. Why is he not down low just in case? Yep. The so defense messed it up. I think the defense messed it up. Maybe that's what they were trying to do with pick and roll. But that's not that's not how we utilize Vooch. We utilize Vooch in the, in the top pops. of the key. I think Vooch, pops. Vooch has been this he's, season. He's been settling a lot. I think I think that's that's also something that you have to consider because you know guys are gonna play in rhythm and they're going to play how they played it's very hard for you to play a certain way and set a tempo for yourself and then just in the split second just switch everything that you've been doing and you know and refocus your energy even though that play is you know maybe five six seven seconds long it, it is it is hard to kind of do a 180 and you, if you look at the shot i mean it was a great shot his form was on point it was a vucevic shot so and just to close it out we were down by one we shot a three point to win the game, but we're thirtieth in the league in three point shooting. <laughs> shooting, shooting three pointers, shooting any three when we're Oof. down by one should be the last option when we're thirtieth in the league. Prove to me that you can hit that shot. I love the confidence. I think that it was a good shot from Vooch. I think that maybe in some world that, that was <laughs> that was the best, that was a good. Op- it, I don't care how open he was. I know that he can hit the shot. He's hit it before. That just shouldn't have been an option at all. Take the ball to the rim. Get the foul. Hit a mid-range. Get the two-point. Early on in the season, so I'm okay with it. All right, so jumping into the next subject. Ariel, do me a huge favor. Can you check the time? What time is it? Nine. It's get off your chest time, man. (laughs) For those of you listening for the very first time, get off your chest is a segment that we have that allows the voice of the people all right. So jumping off first, we're going to discuss certain um, statements that were left by our fellow fans. We're going to read them off and then we're going to share our opinions on them. All right. So the very first one is from my man on Instagram, Jonathan Zayner 89. He says, I hope the refs get hit by the Sunrail Friday night and Isaac or DJ should have been the ones taking the last shot. Unluckiest team in the league. Uh, Jonathan, that was, that was, uh, that was intense. <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't, I don't think the ref should be hit by the sun rail, <laughs> but, but I do agree. I do agree that it probably should have been Isaac, DJ, Markel, one of those guys 
um, who shoot from range consistently um, and also have a mid-range game and are small enough and fast enough to get into the paint. I think it, it should have been one of those guys. Um, and as far as us being the unluckiest team in the league, we are. We're up there. We I are. I don't sure. know if I would we say are. unlucky. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I would say unlucky because we lost by one point. That was one more stop we could have made. That's not luck. You you handle that. You you are in charge of getting those stops defensively. What I what so, I think he means by the unlucky part is you think about the Hawks game last week. Trey Young hits a crazy shot over faults all over him off the backboard. Bam! That took us out of the game. On Saturday night against the Nuggets, Jokic threw up a wild shot. Nothing but net. Well, we were about down one point at that point. So I agree with him on the unlucky piece. Uh, the ref piece, there's sometimes I feel like him, so I can't disagree on that. Um, <laughs> I guess I just don't believe in luck. <laughs> but, you know. And I do think that Isaac should have been the one, again, like we said earlier, off the curl, it was a perfect time for him to go to the basket. He's so freaking long, man. Like, you just go two steps, strong to the basket, get fouled. Um, but, yeah, we, we covered that already. Yeah, man, I think uh, the unlucky part, maybe not the word I would have chosen, but I definitely feel what you're saying, Jonathan. Um, we're going through some hard times. I mean, it's early on in the season still. Uh, DJ and Isaac should have took the shot. I, uh, I don't want to say that because it uh, throws me off from my my last uh, segment there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, And then I don't agree with the Sunrail. We're trying to build that up, people. Come on now. I am a loyal yeah, Sunrail. It's a safe city, man. It's a safe city, man. I'm trying to uh, get people to get on the Sunrail. So you're a Sunrail user am, and a Magic Kingdom. Yep. And you'll pass right? I see where you're going with the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if this ever blows up, Magic Kingdom is not mine. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I'm on, I'm on the other side. I hope the, I hope the reps do get hit by a sunrail. <laughs> Not sunrail. No, no, I, no. It needs to be a sunrail. <laughs> However, I will say that I hope it's a dream and they just wake up and it's like one of those that they feel like they're falling. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope it's one of those. Um, I, I agree that Isaac or DJ should have shot the ball. Um, primarily Isaac. DJ has shown that he's, he's been able to hit the, the big shot. Um, game one Raptors. You know, he, he can take the ball and create his own shot. Um, in terms of unluckiest or lucky, I, I just think that we're we're playing bad. I'm not. I don't think that our bad shooting is is luck or not lucky. I just think that we need to execute better, prepare better the whole nine. Team chemistry too. Team chemistry. All right. So jump into the next one. We have at Eisen Mike on Instagram, um, where he says, "Where did AG go in the second half? Drive the ball and shoot free throws." If he's a go-to leader, then show up for more than half every fifth game. He's not Ooh. a go-to leader right now. He's not. Um, and and I don't want to be too hard on AG because I've already kind of been hard on him and expressed how I felt, you know, in, in previous episodes. But AG, to me, is not one of those guys that is a consistent motivator. He does have times that he's vocal and tries to get guys involved. Um, but he's not one of those guys that, you know, is going to make you play better. He's to me, he's he's more so one of those guys who, you know, is streaky. You can give him the ball every couple plays or whatnot, and he can get you some buckets. But down the stretch in high pressure situations, I don't see Aaron Gordon as as that go to guy. I see him more like an Iguodala type of player. Yeah, well, I don't know because Iguodala had some huge moments. Yes, he did. Yeah. But he could have been magnified because he played for the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for me, I think it, it goes back to play calling, the lack of execution out there with, with Clifford, unfortunately. Um, I didn't see many plays being ran for AG in the second half. I don't know why. He was killing it in the first half. Super killing it. Uh, and then he just kind of, again, went to the corner. He kind of just disappeared. Um, a leader? Hell no. He's not a leader. We know that. And 
what he did in the last few seconds of the game shows that he's now mentally ready to be a leader. Um, and I agree, he is showing up every fifth, fourth, third game. He's now showing up as he's supposed to. Um, so I mean, I, I kind of agree with him. Yeah, but shouldn't AG be our go-to leader? There was a lot of talk in the offseason about all right, this is this is his year. He's, like he's going to be the All Star. Feel is that same topic I hear about when I talk right. about come on guys he went every... to the Mamba Academy he's Kobe <laughs> 2.0 <laughs> he, had that, he had that one-on-one with the Mamba but he's... listen man I think you know I, I was I had a good seats for uh, the Bucks games and I, I know it was a frustrating situation but I saw him walk off the court super early yeah you know that to me is not, not a leadership. sign of leadership you know I what know. I mean I think that you gotta stick it out you got to motivate the team. You got to keep the team together. Um, and and he's not there yet. Maybe he's too young right now. And I think I think leadership is something that you have or you don't. You yeah. could try to develop leadership, but who you are as a person is going to show up eventually. I mean, I think he'll get. He could get there. I just think he's how old is he now? He's 23, 24, 24 years old. He's still young, man. You know, it's still he's still young. I think he's still got some time to mature and 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 make some decisions and. I mean, he's still young. I think he needs to be, he needs to force himself to be more involved. And involved doesn't necessarily mean scoring. He he did a really good job against the Mavs and Garden Luka Doncic. He did uh-huh. a really good job. Um, he scored 21 points in the first half, 23 the whole entire game. I, I watched at, during the half, I said that, man, AG's going to score 40. Yeah, I thought that too. I, I thought he he was going to walk because too. he was playing so well. His shot was going in. He was being he had, he was playing with high intensity, high energy. He had everything that that could get him there. We just didn't see it. And then and then what happened? That's why that's why I don't understand. Like he forced, he forced it at the end, and you know he he tried to be the go to leader. He tried to step up. It was an attempt. I think as as a leader, you have to try and do those things. All right. So next up, we got Magic Sam at. JJ four T twelve win ten. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so he's Magic Sam says, "Yo, if we catch this L, if we catch this L, I'm not gonna be as angry because the team is playing hard." Hashtag Magic above all. Yeah, uh, Magic Sam. I think you're right. I think it, it was frustrating because you know a lot of people are just focusing on the fact that Vooch took that last shot. Uh, but we played hard the whole game. Uh, MCW had a huge block on Porzingis, which was incredible. That's what our our, our third string point guard yep. getting a massive block at the rim from a starting center who is a beast. Uh, so the effort was there, and if it was based solely on effort, I think we probably should have won that game. Mm-hmm. But you know, unfortunately, it's not. Unfortunately, you have to execute and you have to hit those tough shots when the moment presents itself. And we couldn't get it done. So I agree. I think that it, I agree completely with him. I think that we cannot be upset at the end result. Unfortunately, we are seeing the effort. We are seeing the fight. You got a game where you're you're without Mo Bamba. You're without Terrence Ross. Fournier fouled out early in the fourth. So my, we were still there. We were within reach to win that game. Um, it's unfortunate. Again, the end result was tough. I went to bed upset. I was mad throughout the game. You guys know that in the group chat. I was going off. But at the end of the day, you cannot deny they're not playing hard because they are. Right. And the Mavs are what? The eighth seed in the Western Conference? So you really can't be mad. We're 14th seed in the Eastern Conference. Listen, so I'm, mad, by I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. I don't agree. First of all, I think the marketing team for the Magic uh, really had high hopes for the season. And it's Magic Boulevard. I don't agree with that right now. Um, I think that uh, you should be mad. I think you should be mad. I think the Magic should have executed. We should have made better decisions throughout the game. And it's not high school, man. Great job. 
you'll get the next one. I think we should come with that fire, that energy every time consistently. And I, I'm not comfortable saying that next week's going to be consistent energy, consistent passion. So on social media, I saw a hashtag that was a spin on Magic Above All. It said Magic Above Next. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's not a that's not a lie. <laughs> that's not that's not a lie. Um, I I I, I like the positive encouragement. I, I, I think that we're gonna get there. I think that we really needed this game to show that we're able to play well. Our shots were finally hitting for the most part. Um, everyone was involved. Uh, I think that we it, this game showed that we needed the additional support of you know the Terrence Ross, the Mobamba. Um, but I think we're gonna get there. I think that. Um, this is no different than last season where we struggled early in the beginning and then we were able to get it together and then we had a strong way of ending the season. So um, I have high hopes. I don't doubt this team whatsoever and I think we're going to get there. And just to clarify one point, so the Mavs were eighth going into that game against the, the Magic. Uh, they're second in the West now after that one. They're second in wow. the West after one win? Yeah. Man. That's how close it is. And the crazy thing is it's early, but the West is always that close. Oh, it is. It Usually... Is. From 8th to 1st, you're maybe, what, 3 to 5 games That's out? That's right. So. Thank you, everyone, for your get-it-off-your-chest entries. Please be on the lookout on social media for the next opportunity. The best statements, we are going to pick them out and put on the podcast and discuss. Um, jumping into the week ahead. So, we are at the start of a five-game homestand. Friday, we're playing against Memphis. Sunday, Indiana. Wednesday, Philadelphia. Friday, San Antonio, and just early, we we're actually talking about where we're all really competitive. So, where we have in the works, where we're going to start keeping track of our predictions. Um, not keeping count, not that I have, but I think I am leading. Uh, I don't think so. You don't have, you don't, <laughs> you don't have to fact check it, but I think I am leading. We will. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to start doing a competition, a weekly competition, um, where whoever loses is going to do something stupid, yeah. whether it be eating a jalapeno. I think there's like you know what let's take their cinnamon. feedback let's take our, our listeners feedback on they, what they that loser should, should do we should do a poll that's a good idea that's a good, good like job, wear though. like wear a heat jersey to a upcoming magic game I'm not doing that no, I'll quit hey. that's, that's not happening <laughs> <laughs> that's not happening <laughs> alright so we we got four games coming up this week um, Memphis Indiana Philly San Antonio what are your predictions oh man I've been I've been going back and forth I, I think I'm gonna go with uh, win win Loss win, so three and one. Three and one, and you're gotcha. thinking we're gonna lose to, to who? You know, I, I let's uh, let's not get into that. I just think we're gonna <laughs> lose. To... <laughs> Listen, man, I think we're gonna lose to Philly. I think uh, Philly's got what? some street inside of them. They got some fight. They got some hustle. And beat is nasty. And I think we're just a little too soft for Philly right now. Is so. this the Philly podcast? What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Not the Philly podcast. Listen, I, I just—it's uh, my prediction. I got you. So three and one losing to Philly. Three and one losing to Philly. Okay. Um, for me, I think uh, I'm not—I'm not too positive. I think we will probably beat Memphis. I think it'll be a tough game against Indiana, just because our offense is not there, and Malcolm Brogdon has been going off. I think he's had what 25 or more points in every single game this season huh. so far. So I think that's going to be a tough one. Against Philly, I think that's going to be a little bit of an emotional game. It's a regular season game for Markel against a team that, mm. you know, kind of uh, ruined his credibility. Uh-huh. Um, and the Magic still took a chance on him, which I think is a great story, you know, in in of itself. But we're going to um, be in rotations, remember? So yeah, but I, I don't know. I think uh, I think the Philly game is going to be close. But I I have to agree with Ariel. I think Philly pulls it out. 
Um, and then San Antonio, I think we, we lose to San Antonio as well. So I think we're going to go 2-2 two and two over the, the next uh, four-game stretch. Last last week I said 4-0. I was obviously wrong. So hopefully I'm wrong <laughs> this week and we go 4-0. If I remember, I tried to tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get ready for that. Um, I got, I got us going 2-2 two and two also. I got a win over Memphis, uh, lost versus Indiana and Philly. I think Philly, we're going to fight hard. I think that's going to be a really fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we played well against them last season. Uh, I think it is going to be a revenge game for Markel. I'm really excited to see him start against that team and really show that he's a completely different player than the player that was playing in in Philly. Um, I'm excited to see the matchup of Jonathan Isaac and whoever is in front of him. <laughs> I, he can guard one through five, in my opinion. He's a monster. I just last, want to see him. I don't even want him to see him score. I just want him to block everybody, grab the bounce. <laughs> last year, I went to uh, Philly versus Orlando, the first game Jimmy Butler uh, was with Philly, and Jonathan Isaac had a massive block on Embiid. Yeah, oh, so was too, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully uh, like they real. got Jonathan Isaac playing at the five, and we get to see that matchup. And that, did, that would be a really fun. He matchup. did the same thing in the preseason when they played. He blocked the crap out of him. So I think uh, I will be down for another one. Yeah. Um, for me, just to kind of wrap it up here, guys, with predictions, I'm gonna go with three and one. I keep being positive. Um, I just think they're gonna have to. They're gonna snap out of this. You're home now. They're sleeping in their own beds. They're 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 back here. They know they're struggling. They've lost some tough games. I can see them bouncing back and, and giving us some good wins. Last year they were known for that. They were known for beating the good teams. We got some really good teams coming up. Which, Man, which game you got losing? So I got us losing against, believe it or not, San Antonio, uh, not Philly. Um, losing against San Antonio? Yes. Um, I just think that they, they just match up. Their matchup is tough. So Aldrich, you have. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just feel like they're yeah, Evan, the ones. Evan Fournier's gonna lock down Demar Derozan. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love. <laughs> it's funny that yeah, I did that. I did that for you. That Justin. made me laugh. I, I that, that made me you, laugh. Justin. But everybody knows I'm a huge Evan Fournier fan. So I, <laughs> I hope you're right, though. I hope Fournier does lock down uh, Demar. So yeah, I think that's my prediction, guys. Three and one for the week. Let's see. Let's see. I hope that's what happens. All right, awesome stuff. Ariel, appreciate you joining us today. Um, All right, guys, so any final thoughts? Uh, For me, I'm just hoping that Markel is let loose this week, coming up at home. Good good time for the fans to be exposed to him uh, as a starter, really, officially. Um, Playing Philly next week is a good chance for him to kind of, again, have his his revenge game. So that's my, uh, my final thought for the week. So my final thought is I definitely want to see a change up in rotations and that fire uh, from AG going into this uh, home stretch here. What would be your perfect rotation? My perfect rotation would just be go with the flow, man. If, if, it's, if it's working, yes. it's working. Preach. <laughs> and if it's not, it's not. I mean, if we have to bench Fournier for the whole game, we, we should do that. You know? What do you think, Justin, about that? Okay, so <laughs> there's so much hate for Evan Fournier. We're, we're not gonna bench he's him. Not <laughs> That's just not happening. Just, bench, think, him, just bench him. the But first he's time. great think, off the bench for like two, three minutes. So, so, for, so for my uh, like last remarks or whatever it is, I want to see Evan get others involved. I think that's gonna be super important uh, if we're gonna succeed. Evan has to get other players involved. Pass out of double teams. Stop forcing. Stop over dribbling. Evan, if you're hearing this, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. But I am realistic. And I do see that a lot of times you're hurting the team by over dribbling, by turning the ball over. Um, and I would love to see you remain on the magic. 
I just need you to get those, you know, those little things correct. The passion in his eyes when he says that. I just want him to open open his eyes and pass the ball to the open guy. That's all it is. Don't be looking for Vooch. Open your eyes, pass the ball to the open guy. That's it. That's it. Simple. You guys are poets. (laughs) For for me, I'm a poet. Yeah, Um, For me, I I just want to see um, the, the same defensive intensity from Jonathan Isaac. I just wanted it to be consistent. I wanted it to be a, a pillar for every single game. Every single game, I want him to get the two, three blocks, get a couple steals. I just want him to be feared. I, I really am rooting for this kid to be Defensive Player of the Year, and I think it's something that can be done. It can. It, it just has to be something that it's, one, consistent, and two, contagious. I want That's everyone right. to have that dog mentality, the same way that Jonathan Isaac has. So, I agree. Really excited to see the outcomes. Great stuff. All right, good stuff. Food is here. Pizza's getting cold. Yes. I am hungry. Wife is getting mad. Let's go eat. Let's, Let's go. go eat. Let's Peace. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Check out the ozonepod.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your favorite listening platforms. Until next time, it's go Ozone, go Ozone, go. Go Ozone, go Ozone, go. Go Ozone, go Ozone, go. Ozone, go, ozone, go. <laughs> <laughs>